Oh, this. Oh, we're doing this for real now. We're doing this okay. for real, baby. All right, all right. Let me talk to my chewy uh, dog real quick. All right. What's up, Move Milkers? Welcome to episode 105 of the Skywalk. Welcome back, Jeffrey. What's up, man? It feels like it's been forever. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk Taika Waititi, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, uh, uh, some guy named J.D. Dillard, uh, cut Skywalker creatures possibly living on, Rosario Dawson, Michael Bean, Jamie Lee Curtis, and more. But before we do, oh, wow! Social meteors, <laughs> dude, you just you just totally clipped out. Full bore, baby. Did I? Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> hey, everybody, I think you know how this episode is gonna go. You almost sounded like Chewie there for a second. Man, I just get excited about Star Wars, baby. Where can people find us, Brett? On Apple Podcasts, search for The Skywalk. Sky is in sky. Walk is in the thing you cook in. Spell W O K. Subscribe there and please leave us a review. Spotify, same deal, The Skywalk. Disgracebook, yep. facebook.com slash The Skywalk. Twitter, at The Skywalk. Instagram, The Skywalk. And Jeffrey, tell us about Podomatic. This is StarWarsOverCoffee.Podomatic.com. And all the other platforms, Stitcher, Podbean, Radio FM, or something, even iHeartRadio. Jeff, did you know about that one? Oh, wow. Are we, we getting to the big time Dog, now? we on there. Yeah, iHeartRadio. I didn't even, I don't know how I found that wow. out. I found that out by accident. I think I just Googled the Skywalk. I, I, hear, I hear ads for them like all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, iHeartRadio, baby. We are. So does this mean we can actually go to the iHeartRadio Awards? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, when do you think they are? They're probably in the summer, right? Which means they'll probably be canceled. So let's just say that we've already been invited. I'm, ta- I'm talking gold envelopes. <laughs> uh, Jeff, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that in these difficult and uncertain times, people are just looking to have a little fun. And that's what we're here for. We haven't been here for a while. And if we could have been here two weeks ago, we would have. Uh, but it just hasn't been possible, unfortunately, yeah. um, because of coronavirus. Oh, man, it's hitting us hard. Jeff, coronavirus is the uncar plot of real life. You got that right. It's a just... big steaming pile of fire dumpster trash. <laughs> and that's the thing about it, right? Like, uh, so so any one of us could get it. We, you know, you might, you might not. It might hit you like a quarter portion, or it could hit you like 20 portions. Yo, when I say holla back, yeah. I mean from six feet away. Would uncar plot still dole out portions during quarantine? He probably would because he's a big fat jerk. Maybe, but wouldn't it be from a mechanical arm? Um. Oh yeah, Chewie ripped him off into the deleted scene, right? Yeah. So you know, I'm just saying for in in the view of safety and safety measures, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would everything would be mechanical. Yeah. And the point is, you know, coronavirus, like Uncar Plutt, is just a big lumpy piece of crap that no one likes. White Titi watch. White Titi. Jeff Taika's making chocolate for Netflix. It was recently <laughs> announced that Taika Waititi has signed on to create two different. Uh, rolled doll series for Netflix. Um, right. So See what you did there. I'm not, I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not a fan of the headline, but I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apparently he's making a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory series. Yes, he is. And then another series that's like, as I understand it, sort of the rolled doll cinematic universe for Netflix. 
Um, no. So what, from what I understand, um, both series are related to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So the first one is specifically about Charlie yep. uh, and the factory. And obviously the Opalumas are a part of that. But the second series is um, is specifically on the Oompa-Loompas and where they come from. So, like, the, the main characters of that series are the Oompa Loompas. Okay. All right. So, it's a part, it's a, supposed to be a part of um, an expanding universe that Netflix wants to create based on the doll books. Okay. How do you feel about this, Jeff? Eh. Yeah. You know, my thing is, I got two things. One, why did he choose Netflix? Right. Like, he couldn't have made this for anybody else. For some reason, I don't like Netflix. Really? I don't know why. I, I don't like Netflix, and I don't know why. Yeah, I think he's also cashing in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as it's like, okay, now that I'm, now that he realizes that he's hot. Yeah, you know, because before, like, I don't think he was truly, truly brand name. Now he's a part of the establishment. Yes, you, you know what yes. I'm saying. Like before, he was the the new up and comer. Every everything was great. It was like check this guy out, and you know we've actually contributed to that but now he's mainstream it's mostly us you know yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Mostly, <laughs> it's mostly us it's, it's funny like he lost weight I don't, I don't know if you noticed man so the, you think this so dude's like yeah he's like cut up now wow it's, it's, it's hilarious <laughs> and like he's he's got the new hairdo and i'm just like man what are you like what you got three stylists all of a sudden jeff that's a great segue because last night taika got a haircut oh snap jeff that hair is gone now you know, we were home here, the fam, in quarantine, okay. you know, or so, whatever, you know, social distancing. And uh, Taika went live on Instagram and had his two daughters, I think it's his two daughters, uh, shave his head. Really? Yeah. So Taika's sporting a different look. Now, here's the thing I did want to say about that, though. Uh, uh, why that matters, I think this uh, this Netflix thing, are, are they both animated, Bo- both of these series? Um, or, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure either. Yeah. I just... I can't imagine him not being Willy Wonka. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm just like, if you're I mean, going to you talk to YTD, like, okay, maybe, you know, as a writer and director, I think he would be great as well. But like, mm-hmm. who are you going to cast as Willy Wonka that would be better than Taika YTD himself? Right? Like, here's the thing. So he's funny. Yeah. But I don't know if he's um, musical. Hmm. Oh. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If it's animated, I think it should be more playful and more musical. Mm-hmm. If if he decides to go like live action, then maybe it's probably a little darker. Jeff is Taika Waititi the so. Gene Wilder of our time? Possibly. I agree. I, I but again, because he's 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 funny, mm-hmm. but the problem is he's really dry. Versus like just laugh out loud because he's like Jim Carrey funny. This you, is you know what I'm saying. This is how I know you haven't watched the outtakes for Jojo Rabbit. No, I haven't. And, <laughs> and, and, see, and this is my other thing. So yeah. I was like, I was like, you know what? I know part of this has to deal with the fact that I just haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, and right. like it's yeah. a whole other take on it. Yes. So the the reason I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit is because I don't really want to see a movie about Hitler. Right. But then it's like. You know this this movie is getting so much press. Right. Well, no, Maybe Jeff. See, here, so this is the thing. Okay, you're you're so you're in the same place that friend of the pod Lana was in uh, several months ago, which is I I told her about the movie. I assured her this was very much anti Hitler, <laughs> and but she didn't want to <laughs> okay. take my word for it, right? So she didn't see it. <laughs> but then all of her air quotes real film friends told her to go see it. 
And then she did. Oh, snap. And she loved it. And she understood, you know, wow. that this is this movie is trashing Hitler in the funniest way. Much, as, you know, and Charlie Chaplin, like other people have done this in the past, you know, not Charlie Chaplin, uh, Mel Brooks, um, which was, you know, a big part of Taika's inspiration for even doing this and for thinking like, hey, maybe maybe comedy is the way to enlighten people about these, you know, the, what Hitler did in the past and what we can learn from it in the present. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've spent too much time on Taika. But, yes, uh, we have. <laughs> Jeff, thanks to our top-notch production values, the listener at home does not realize that we just took a 15-minute break. And if anybody tells you there's no toilet paper, they haven't been to Costco. Mm. So, did they restock? Oh, yeah, dude. And so did we. Um, you know, you can always control your intake, people. Just pro tip. Uh, Jeff, the rest of our episode... <laughs> the rest of our episode is going to consist entirely of news nuggets. Let's do it. Jeff, there's a lot of Star Wars news. So we're going to start with some like stuff that maybe uh, happened a little further back. And then work our way back up to the present. By the way, Jeff, in honor of news nuggets, I am eating chicken nuggets right now because I need to Ooh, eat, bro. I've got chicken wings in the oven. Really? Yeah. I'm on my second beer of this podcast. I'm only 10 minutes in, so I need to put something in my stomach. <laughs> oh, nice. Mm. These are good. Oh, speaking of which, I yeah. think I need to disinfect myself by mm. drinking some 151. Mm. What's 151, Jeff? Oh, uh, we don't need to tell listeners about that. <laughs> Moving All right. on. All right, hold on. We need to take a little ASMR break. You ready for it? <laughs> this is what, a... Um, okay. Um, I'm sorry, Brad. I'm not, I'm not with it. What is ASMR? <laughs> I can never remember what the letters stand for. Something like all sensory something. I don't know. It's like basically on YouTube, there's this big trend where you make sounds into the microphone. Like uh -huh. very... Like, you know, people make slime, people make slime and then they play with it. And they put the mic really close so you hear like every little sound that everything makes. Kind of like the way you do the Potomatic update. But here here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack this thing open. That sound good? Oh, autonomous autonomous sensory meridian response. Is that it? Commonly referred to as the tingly feeling that travels from the head downward. So it's the force. Basically. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I don't know why they had to come up with this weird acronym. Yeah. It's like George Lucas already did it. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, first news nugget. Two and a half hour live action coloring book, The Rise of Skywalker, released early on digital. Jeff, I know I got to stop making fun of The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't know what to feel about that. I'm flipping it. Jeff, did you did you buy The Rise of Skywalker in digital? No. No, I mean, either. It's like, dude, Disney yeah. Plus, I signed up for three years, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it better be on Disney Plus. Like, I, I don't, I'm not even trying to buy digital. We're playing the long game here, you know? So it is coming to Disney Plus in October. And it better be an Ultra HD. Yep, it will be. Um, Jeff, here's one I find a little bit interesting, uh, po partly because of my love of a particular movie. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I, <laughs> <laughs> I can actually see the drool already. Mm, okay. I had no idea that th you were this into this movie, though, man. Really? Mm. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me finish chewing. 
This is officially the lunch hour. <laughs> you weren't supposed to say that. I already said I was on my second beer. Mm. Uh, Jeff, before the U.S. embraced coronavirus, news broke that the Rocketeer sequel was back on track. Did you know there was a Rocketeer sequel in the works, Jeff? I had no idea, but I'm with it. Okay. And what I only now realize, Jeff... I'm it, dipping that nugget. Me too. I'm totally dipping. I'm, <laughs> I'm dunking the <laughs> nugget, Jeff. I'm dunking it. Uh, what I only now realized is that that article came out a couple weeks ago, but it mentioned that Slate director J.D. Dillard. Wait, is it Slate or Slate? I don't think we ever got that resolved. S-L- the problem with it is I don't know what that is. I don't either. Right. So, so in the last episode, when Jeff wasn't what is here, Slate? When, I, when I was by myself, Jeff, the last time. Um, I mentioned that director J.D. Dillard was being reported as uh, being brought on board to create a Star Wars, along with Luke Cage writer Matt Owens. Mm. But now J.D. Dillard is uh, basically attaching himself to the Rocketeer sequel. Um, So the article from Dark Horizon said no director has yet signed on to helm the Rocketeer sequel. However... J.D. Dillard put his hand up with a tweet last week saying, Dear Universe, I would like to make a sequel to this movie. Hmm. Jeff, here's a question. Let's make this uh, short and sweet. Would you rather see this guy direct a Rocketeer sequel or direct a Star Wars? Rocketeer. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe, you know what? Maybe that's a good place to start, right? Have Have him make a Rocketeer sequel. Uh, then we'll see what we think. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Then we'll decide trial, if we, if we let him. It's called it's called a trial period, right? Mm-hmm. A trial period that also happens to align with a trial membership of Disney Plus, because you know the Rocketeer sequel would probably be a straight to Disney Plus feature. Let's face it. And why is it J D Dillard? Why why isn't it just J? Right. It's the little things, Brett. Next news nugget, Jeffrey. Okay, but th- like, let's not skip over why you like the Rocketeer, Brett. Oh. I mean, Jennifer Conley, but, you know, you you need to you need to inform the (laughs) listeners here. That's just part of the reason, Jeff, you know, a big part. But, you know, just a part. JC. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, when you mentioned Jennifer Conley, you disrupt the flow of the entire podcast. By the way, during this self-isolation period, I've watched a lot of movies. And a lot of them were really bad. Hmm. Um, one of them is so bad, I didn't even finish. It's interesting, because I have the exact opposite take. Really? As I've told you, I've been watching the Avengers um, series. Mm -hmm. I have newfound appreciation for Avengers Age of Ultron. Like, it's interesting, but those three movies together, or or, I'm sorry, those four movies together, Mm -hmm. um, Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and Endgame, if you just view those four together... It's still a really good, coherent story. Yeah. Like, so that's how you know that they got it right, man. Mm-hmm. Like, why is Justice League so bad? <laughs> yeah. Jeff, it's all about the whiteboard, you know? Like, you can tell the people at Marvel had a gigantic mm. whiteboard. And, exactly. And they map things out as far into the future as is reasonable to do, right? So you can't just they, go and, like and they connected the dots, man. Right. And, and and I think they what they understand too is that okay, you can plan, like really plan the next five years, ten years tops. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that, you leave it a little squishier, 
right? Like right. TBD subject to change. But even that, Jeff, is like rough sketch. You should still have an idea. Exactly. You kind of have a feel for where things might go next. You know, and then that gives you the opportunity, like the stuff that comes out over this first five-year stretch you kind of see how that plays with the audience. You get a feel for what's clicking and what's not. And then, you know, you haven't locked yourself in to the next five years after that. So you can kind of change things as you go along, like a good TV show. Hey, Jeff, to leave the DC universe on a hopeful note, <laughs> here's what I would like to propose. You know, once all of this uh, current I don't know if I can. Is, is it even... <laughs> Let me just try, though, okay? All right, go, all right, go, ahead, go ahead. Let me try to give you some good feels going away from DC. What if when all this, you know, coronavirus business is all said and done, mm. we get Tim Burton back. Now, hear me out. Tim Burton comes back, mm. as does Michael Keaton. And they make The Dark Knight Returns. Because, if huh. you remember, Jeff, The Dark Knight huh. Returns starts with an older much older, retired Bruce Wayne, right? Like retired from being Batman, but the situation gets so nuts. And by the way, if you wanted to bring back the Joker, like Jack Nicholson, as far as we know, is alive and well. Mm -hmm. I I feel like the timing is right, right? Because Batman came out in 1989. uh, So we're, my math is not good. We're 30 years, 31 years from removed from that now. Hold hold on, bro. Let me chew on this. Yeah, well, I'm going to drink to it, and uh, let's move on to the, ne- to the next news nugget. Uh, Jeffrey. Okay. Cut Rise of Skywalker creature could live on. As uh, many of our listeners probably already know, because they're Star Wars fanatics, there was a thing that was originally intended to appear in the Rise of Skywalker called the Eye of Webbish Bog. This was a spider-like being which had a symbiotic relationship with a blind giant, which to me, Jeff, looked like the baby from Toy Story 3. (laughs) Yeah. It was a fully practical character that was actually built and filmed. But those scenes were ultimately cut from the final version of The Rise of Skywalker. But in comes special makeup effects creative supervisor Neil Scanlon saying that he hopes it can live on. And here's the quote, Jeff. And uh, I got this from, uh, I don't know, Dark Horizons. I mean, do we really have to source stuff during a pandemic? I don't think so. I mean, who who cares? He said, I hope that we can maybe bring that back in some way, shape, or form on the TV series, meaning uh, The Mandalorian, or that we can revisit that character in some way because it was such a haunting image and a very unusual image, but one which I think was incredibly Star Wars. So, yeah... Somewhere there's footage of that. Jeff, two things here. There's footage of it. Mm-hmm. From what I know, this has not yet appeared as a deleted scene. I, again, I didn't buy The Rise of Skywalker. You know, if Disney's asking <laughs> if I can wait to October, wait, wait, wait. I say... Are you saying figuratively or physically? <laughs> oh, uh, neither. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not buying it in any way, shape, or form. I'm already paying for Disney Plus, so I can, uh, you know, technically I've bought it. For October, uh, but I could wait till October 2022. The other thing is, uh, would you like to see it appear, Jeff, in a future Star Wars series? Be it, and, and, and I should tell you this, he also referenced the Cassian Andor series. He was basically talking about how, you know, they have a lot of characters that don't make the final cut of a film. Mm-hmm. Um, and their film quality, right? So they put a lot of resources into these things. They look amazing. So, Brett 
I am going to dip this nugget. Mm. But here's why. So I, it's not that I want to see this character, but I think that it would be a good addition to a separate series. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a character for the Mandalorian as as far as the way it's set up. I agree. But I do think it's for a separate series, which I would like to pitch to Star Wars myself. Ooh, are you about to do this? I'm I'm pitching it right now. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I think that, I, and I don't know why this hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. but I think that the Star Wars universe should include a TV series about the Sith, uh-huh. or specifically on a character of the Sith. Yeah, and in that type of you know, in that type of environment, I could totally see a character like this being added. Jeff, what if you're you're giving me ideas? Um, I agree. It should be on TV. I also mm. agree that maybe it's not a fit for Mandalorian. But uh, what about this, Jeff? It mm. you know it has long been rumored. So and I don't know how much of this is really legit because this is one thing that fans want: the Solo series, right? The Solo film has a mm. lot of fans, okay. and it's kind of like growing in appreciation over time. Right. Kind of like the prequels, you know? And so there are a lot of people that are pushing for, okay, if we're not going to get a sequel to the solo film, let's have a solo series on Disney+. And I am super for that. I think that cast, and I think mm-hmm. the kind of world, you know, even it's in the Star Wars universe, but it's got its own feel. I think that would right. be wonderful for Disney. I think it's the perfect thing for Disney+. Plus. I think certain series within the Star Wars universe have tones. And so, like, the tone, for example, of the Resistance is super happy-go-lucky. Yeah. The, t- the tone of Rebels is still kind of based around a kid. And, yep. and, you know, the reason why is because they were on the Cartoon Network and they were, <laughs> you know, they, they were p- pushing these things towards teenagers. Whereas, like, the Clone Wars was, to me, I don't, I don't care if it was on the Cartoon Network. It was still truly geared towards adults. Yeah. Right. Yep. So what I'm saying is I want a live action Sith TV series All right. that's dark. That's dark. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's where this type of character to me be, uh, belongs. And the, the, the reason why I say that is because I've read, you know, like the Darth Bane rule of two books and like uh, like that, that series alone was great. Right. And if like I could totally see this character in that book. Yeah. And Jeff, I think you represent a large, large portion of the Star Wars fandom. Oh, yeah. So I think if, if that sounds appealing to you, I think it's going to be a, appealing to a lot of people. Um, so my, my thing with the Solo series would be, uh, mm. I, I say that for the sole fact that Darth Maul would be involved. You know, Jeff, if you read, uh, did you read the entire Trevorrow script for Episode Nine? You know why I did it? Why? Because I knew I'd be even more disappointed in The Rise of Skywalker. That's so I'm true. like, okay. nope, not yep. going to do it. Okay, so yeah, don't read it. Um, I refer to it as Ray Miz. <laughs> if you look at basically the whole third act of the movie, it would have been mm-hmm. like Lay Miz on Coruscant. <laughs> okay, I get you. I got but you. But basically, Kylo Ren goes and trains with this creature, um, the spider baby. <laughs> and then, can I, can I spoil, can I spoil the, the, the Trevorrow script? Is that okay? I mean, I, I've I've seen parts like I've seen the art. Okay. So I I, I wouldn't be surprised by what you're going to tell me. So so he goes there. I forget why. I don't I don't remember if Snoke or, or Palpatine or somebody told him like you know go train with this spider baby. Um, okay. He goes there and he trains with this thing. So is this basically like Dagobah but for Sith? Yes, it absolutely is. 
I mean, okay. if, you, if you had to explain it in, you know, six words or whatever that was, that's the way to do it. <laughs> uh, he goes, he trains with this guy. He basically uses this Sith Lord and then kills him. Okay. Kylo kills him. That makes sense. Yeah. If you, you want to build up Kylo as a baddie, that's the way to do it, baby. So why didn't they do this? Okay. No. I, I, let me not ask that question. Because they don't have any thermal detonators, Jeff. Mm. So they um, So they threw all that out, though. Okay. So what I'm thinking is maybe you have Darth Maul do the same thing, right? Where maybe – I don't think he would be training. Maybe he would be, right? Because, you know, Maul is like – he's pretty. He's a pretty bad dude, but he's not like Palpatine level, right? So maybe he does go train with that dude. Or maybe they just have some relationship. Or maybe they have some sort of competitive relationship. And Darth Maul, you know, you have a whole – you know, an episode or two that deal with Darth Maul going to face this dude down and ultimately mm-hmm. killing it. Interesting. Okay. I think that would be pretty cool. Or maybe, Jeff, maybe, maybe that's all Hmm. flashback stuff. Maybe that's Maul's origin, right? Maybe he trained under this thing a long time ago. Jeff. Hey, never know. Let's move on to people we know will definitely be appearing in future Disney Plus Star Wars series. This is the, this, I'm just going to tell you right now, Brett, this is the barbecue sauce of the (laughs) entire episode. Like, okay, here's the thing. Yeah. The way you feel about Jennifer Connelly. I was going to say. That's how I feel about Rosario. I Dawson. knew that was coming. And this is like the best casting that I've ever seen. So, so Jeff, this thing has been bubbling. Okay, Rosario Dawson has actually commented. She has commented on this before on Twitter, and we should give people the headline before we keep talking about it, which is that <laughs> Rosario Dawson has reportedly been cast as Ahsoka Tano. Like, let that sink in. How did this not happen five years ago? Like, two. Here's the thing, Jeff. So the idea of her playing Ahsoka Tano is like hands down, perfect casting. We've talked about this before, that there are things that are almost like they sound too good to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, This this sounds like. Or they almost sound too so perfect that they're not inspired. For example, Pierce Brosnan is James Bond. When people, I think, first heard that back in the 80s or 90s, whenever, they were just like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. He's a perfect James Bond. But it was like so it was almost like too perfect to where it wasn't that interesting. On the other hand, you have things like Michael Caine as Alfred, where you're like, oh, that's too perfect, but it's super perfect. And I think this Rosario Dawson casting as Ahsoka Tano falls into the latter category of like, so perfect, it's perfect. It, it, it's beyond perfect. Dude. It's like LeBron coming into the NBA. It's the closest <laughs> thing to a sure thing that you will ever have, right? <laughs> So, and here's the thing. She's yeah. already got the acting chops of not just like real acting, but oh, then yeah. she's been in, I, I, you know, I'm just putting this out there, but she's been a main character in multiple Marvel series. All right. So she was in Daredevil and she was in Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. And right. Right. Dude, like she is great right. in those series. So, like, for her, she could totally be a Jedi you know, totally hold her own. It, she fits the persona of, you know, I'm not a Jedi anymore, but I still have all the skills. Oh, heck like, yeah. Every, everything fits. Oh, heck yeah. One of the things that I, a problem I think they've had, Jeff, is that when you come back into, you know, even like, I think this happened even in the prequels. Um, mm-hmm. And it certainly happened in the Disney era of, of Star Wars is that people come into work on these projects with such refer- reverence for Star Wars. They're almost too deferential to the magnitude of Star Wars where they come in and they're just like trying to recreate maybe something that happened in the past as opposed to just saying like, you know what? I own this. But I think you need people like Rosario Dawson who are just 
so comfortable with who they are, who just exude cool. You know, like nobody just owns the screen like Rosario Dawson. You know, so what what do you call that? Like, because uh, it's, it's swag, swagger. Yeah. Like That's what it is. You're the fun. I mean, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Denzel Washington, swagger. Right. Rosario Dawson, swagger. Jack Nicholson, right. swagger. Right. They don't need you to tell them how to act. It's, hey, do you want to act this character? Great. Exactly. Also, there's just like fans just love her. And she's fine. Have you, no, no, and, right, right, exactly. Sorry, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, Let's but see, but see, Jeff, the best kind of fine, right? Like, she's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? She's real. She's yeah. real. I think that's the thing. Rosario Dawson is real. She's real, and she's real dope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. All right, Jeff, so... I think we can end it there. No, 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 go ahead. My only thing to add about this is her appearing in The Mandalorian... Per se, that's the thing I'm not totally sold with. Like, I'm not dunking that part of the nugget. You know, like, that's the part of the nugget that's in your finger still that doesn't hit the barbecue sauce. All right. So, I don't know. Like, it's it remains to be seen whether Ahsoka Tano as a character makes sense in The Mandalorian. But we don't, you know, we don't know the season two storyline. It only works if they do it justice. Right. And is it organic? I mean, if, we're, if we're talking cam- cameo, yeah. then heck no. Oh. Right? Like, like, what's her name? That's a very real possibility, though. If it's just a Ming Na Wen, yeah, uh, cameo, yeah. then it's like, uh, you know, I'm good. We don't need that. I need at least a three episode character arc. Well, let me tell it's- you what else was reported, Jeff. And I mm-hmm. think I forgot to include this in the agenda. Um, mm-hmm. It was reported that this would potentially be sort of like a testing ground for a potential Ahsoka Tano spinoff series. And that's what I really want. Me too. Absolutely. So I have my I have my doubts about whether or not they can work Ahsoka into the Mandalorian storyline organically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that remains to be seen. Or will we watch this episode where she appears and just be like, that didn't make any sense. But anyway, if she we'll can see. move on to her own series, then it's like, all right, cool. All right. We'll talk more about Ahsoka when we get to the Clone Wars. But for now, all Jeff, right. other Mandalorian season two casting news. Michael Bean? I think that's the way you pronounce it. Are you sure it's not Bine? Bane. Bine. <laughs> All right, people, choose your own adventure. It's either Michael Bean, <laughs> Michael Bane, or Michael Bine. I think it's Michael Bean. Oh, you know what? Actually, no, I'm thinking Bane, actually. Bane? Michael Bane? Yeah. You know, like, we easily could have Googled this. We have all the time <laughs> in the world. All the time in the world, and we couldn't Google the correct pronunciation for Michael Bane. Um, Jeff? Uh, I'm happy about this. Uh, It's being rumored that he will play a bounty hunter. There was also a rumor. Initially, there was a rumor that he could be playing Dash Rendar. Now, Jeff, we're recording this on April 1st. And when when somebody mentions Dash Rendar appearing in an upcoming Star Wars, like that's like that immediately makes me think someone's playing an April Fool's joke specifically on me because I would love that so much. And if he flies the Outrider which is just a super dope Millennium Falcon knockoff ship from Shadows of the Empire on N64. Hey, now. Man, I would be thrilled. Also, Jeff, next Mando Season 2 casting, the last one uh, on Mandalorian Season 2, Jamie Lee Curtis. Again, it works for me. I mean, I'm not super hyped about it, but Mm -hmm. it definitely works for me. Mm -hmm. Jeff, let's move on to the Clone Wars. Moving on. Keeping current. A compulsory season of the Clone Wars is still underway. I have found this season to be a chore. I mean, it has been Mm. a chore to sit through these episodes. 
But interesting. But I will say I did sort of like the last episode. And that's the one where Ahsoka and her friends visit an Amazon warehouse on Kessel. Okay. Where they're like, oh, look at all these droids working here. And it's like, no, those ain't droids. Those are people. Oh, they must be slaves. No, they're not slaves. I swear they're not slaves, but they're really slaves. Yep. But what I liked about this episode is that uh, there were new things in it. I did appreciate that. Like, first of all, I never thought Kessel had a tropical rainforest. Right. Like, so that was uh, that was new for me. And like that, that's the kind of cool stuff that like makes sense. It's like, oh, no. They they did have a lush planet, but yep. they've been mining it for so long right. that they've created a, an entirely different ecosystem. Right. The other thing is it just brings in um, just a totally different element because it's this idea that the people on the lower levels ha- literally really don't care about what's happening in the rest of the universe. Yep. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like that um, – the the city block mentality mm-hmm. you know the, pe- the people the people in new york who like never left their borough yeah and it's like oh there really is a whole other world out there right i do think that you know they're they're taking a while to get the story to progress oh goodness yes. um and to me that's part of the problem like there's no connection between the the bad batch and ahsoka so it's like we're still waiting for you know, some type of thread here to to link things together. So I I was kind of surprised that the Bad Batch story arc went for so long, yep. and that they didn't actually connect it to whatever was going on with Ahsoka. So now it's like now we've got to wait for Ahsoka's story to build up before right. they can even make that connection. You're right; they're two like almost wildly different story arcs right now, and yeah. it, it'll only make sense if they bring them all together. So I'm imagining like, okay, Bad Batch is the first arc, Ahsoka's is the second arc, and then the third and final arc would maybe bring them together. Yeah, but here's the problem. It's the final season. Right. Like, we don't have time to look at different arcs. No, I, like, I agree. You know what I'm saying? I like, agree. <laughs> you know? Right. And, like, and each arc has to be interesting on its own. It's not enough yeah. to say, well, this one's boring, but, like, it'll matter later. Like, no, that's not good no. enough. Because And that's the challenge. <laughs> you know, it's not easy, but that is the challenge of all television is to create a single, a single episode that is yep. entertaining in its own right. Mm-hmm. But that also contributes to some forward-moving, ongoing storyline. So if you can't do it, if you can't do it, and like you've had all these years off from the Clone Wars, and granted, like Jeff, that's these people problem. are super busy. They're working on a billion things, and maybe that's the problem. Because if you can't come up with twelve good episodes of a twenty-three-minute television series, <laughs> like what was it all for? You know? Yeah. Why are you doing? My biggest issue with all of this is the fact that. They're trying to hook this into a gigantic storyline. Like, you know what I mean? If they weren't trying to link this up with um, Revenge of the Sith, yeah. then we'd be fine. Right. But the <laughs> fact that they put it in there, it's like, oh, well, now the whole entire series needs to be wrapped up into Revenge of the Sith and um, uh, Anakin turning to the dark side. And it's like, OK, so you, you now now you want to give us this random story arc that's happening in the middle of Coruscant. Yep. And this other random story arc that's happening with with clones. And somehow we're going to end up at Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> like it's it's like, come on, Jeff, I'm laughing because our, our basic takeaway from this is that they're either trying way too hard or not nearly hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the that is why you fail. 
the life of a Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah, man. Jeffrey, let's uh, let's close this episode out. There's something I want to talk about because I promised on Twitter that we would. Okay. Uh, I was having a, Steve, here we come. I was having a great back and forth with uh, one of our wonderful, wonderful listeners, Rui. Thank you for listening to the pod. You know, we were just talking about some of the issues with the rise of Skywalker. Okay. Um, and, and one of the arguments being that... Uh, you know, there's an article on Wired that I referenced. It was a review of The Rise of Skywalker. And I found that there were what, what I think are a lot of lazy takes in there. Mm. And sometimes we read these lazy takes and they kind of sound right. And we don't really apply critical thinking mm. to just be like, wait a sec. Does this really hold up? Um, you know, for example, this article blamed the expectations. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, they were just kind of like, oh, well, you know, you want to know why people don't like the movie? It's because their expectations were too high. Now, Jeff, you and I Mm. both, you know, and this is on record on this podcast, date stamped before the movie (laughs) came out. Okay, go ahead. Told you that we had no expectations for this movie. Right. In fact, we expected it to be garbage. Mm -hmm. So to say that then, like, you know, if you go in with expectations that low, Knowing that it's coming from J.J. Abrams and Chris freaking Justice League Terrio, and then you tell me that it wasn't good because my expectations were too high, I'm calling BS. Mm. Uh, The second thing, blaming fans. Uh, Oh, well, you know, what were they supposed to do? Fans are impossible to please. Fans want this, but fans want that. Fans don't know what they want. Right. That's why you don't let fans write the movie. <laughs> there was the thing, you know, there's this there's this joke that's been played out online and it's legitimately funny, which is just like, oh, the whole story leaked on Reddit months ago. The joke being that like people came up with fan theories and things that they'd like to see and JJ just put all that stuff in the movie. Right. You shouldn't do that. You know, I'm not going to say <laughs> like, oh, it's not my fault. My kid has diabetes because my kid asked for ice cream every night for dinner. Like, no, you're the parent. You decide what is right for the kids. You know, like we didn't get a new hope mm-hmm. from giving people what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a great article on Birth Movies Death. I think it was I think it was on there about, you know, pandering to fans never resulted in anything good. And it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, so okay. you can't say it's the fans' fault. You're like the blame the people making the decisions. Well, it's, it's so it's funny you just said that because all, here's here's my thing. You yep. can't blame the expectations or the fans. Nope. I think you can blame the leadership. Absolutely. So here's at the end of the day, to, you know, to me, the reason why Rise of Skywalker suffered is because leadership changed hands twice mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. they didn't have a coherent thought for all three movies. Right. And it's 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 plain as day. That that's what happened. It, it's really funny, but like the same exact thing happened with Superman. Yep. It's like they did Superman Man of Steel. I thought, oh, this is great. Okay. Then they do Dawn of Justice, and I'm like, okay, that's different. That's a different track. Mm-hmm. Why are we going this way? Right. And then they do Justice League, and it's like, okay, I'm sorry. What the heck happened <laughs> with Dark Side? Like, why are we even? Yep. Why are we even doing a dream sequence if we're not going to close that loop? Right. Like, what what are you guys doing? And yeah, right. So I'm walking through the exact same scenario yep. while I'm watching the um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I'm yep. like, okay, Force Awakens, that's that's a great movie. Last Jedi, okay, that's something different, yep. huh? And then you watch Rise of Skywalker, and you're like, wait a second, none of these three are related. What nope. what am I doing? Yeah, 
<laughs> no, absolutely. And Jeff, and it goes, you know, you talk about the leadership of the people who made the movie, but the, it goes above them, right? Because right. it was the, the so leadership the of Bob decision. Iger, right? Like the top, top, top of the leadership that decided this is what we're going to do, you know? And it's really on them. And, and here's the thing. Like, I understand it's a really big franchise. Mm-hmm. So problem is that they decided to course correct midway through right you can't do it like it's it's just you gotta stick to your guns jeff this is so this is what brings me to the 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 final part of this argument right is there are people who will tell you well it's a business Mm. so you shouldn't expect to get a good story you shouldn't expect to get a great star wars you know what they have to worry about is making money Mm. and that's why i say jeff like this is Do you remember the famous Bill Belichick decision that has been known infamously through football history as fourth and two? Yes, I do. Okay. A football team is a billion-dollar business. Yes, it is. You have coaches who will make decisions based on, oh, well, I can't do that because the fans are going to hate me if it doesn't work. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. You have coaches who make decisions based on, like, what is my owner going to think? What are people going to think if I, you know, like... So they forego what they believe to be the best probability of winning because they're worried about what people think. Mm -hmm. Then you have the Bill Belichicks of the world, right? (laughs) Who are like, you know what? If this doesn't work, people are going to think I'm out of my mind. But I know that the alternative is definitely not going to work. Maybe this current plan has only a 10% chance of succeeding, but that's actually better than the alternative. So Bill Belichick did not give a crap about what fans thought. He's not worried about Robert, what Robert Kraft thinks because Robert Kraft is a great owner and doesn't make Bill Belichick worry about what he thinks. He says, you're the okay. football guy. You know what is best, right? Bill Belichick said, if I punt to Peyton Manning, there's like a 99% chance that we lose. If I go for it on fourth and two, it's pretty much 50-50, Jeff. And, you know, he got lambasted because it didn't work. It of came course. extremely close and gave them a much better chance of winning that game. And my whole point of all of this, Jeff, is that just because <laughs> you have a $2 billion franchise, mm. you're the one who has to know what's best going forward. And you have to stick to it. And you have to stick to it. Yeah. And when you look at fourth and two now, Jeff, you have way more people on Bill Belichick's side that look back and say, you know what? It didn't work, but they were screwed anyways. That's the only thing that could have worked. And so this is my point. Yep. Is if it's going to suck, then fine. Right. That's, you know what I mean? So what? Steer into the curve, baby. Steer into it. Because here's my thing. If they had just made three bad movies to to end the Skywalker franchise, we'd all be looking back and saying, hey, how crappy was this? And I still love it because it's crappy. Jeff, you just described the prequels. Yeah. Right, because it was it, a vision. It's a complete vision. So it's, it's like it doesn't matter. And so some people don't like it. So what? Right. Like you, you, you create the fandom out of having a coherent picture yep. and you don't be wishy-washy about it. So the reason that I I put Batman Begins in the agenda for this reason, mm. you know, there are people like, what do you expect? They have so much, they have so much riding on this property that it's impossible. So- Batman Begins, dude, Batman is huge. Mm -hmm. That's not like a little indie thing where you can do whatever the heck you want. But they decided to do whatever the heck they wanted. They gave it to Chris Nolan. They did something completely different than what what worked in 1989 with Tim Burton's Batman. 
you can make those risky decisions. Yeah. So for and and people will try to convince you that you can't. Oh, because you know there's two billion dollars riding on it. So Disney just had to do this crowd pleaser, whatever fan service movie. Like, no, they didn't have to do that. Batman and Batman Begins. Look, they just decided like, hey, we got a vision. This guy, Chris Nolan, he has a vision for what these should be. And you know what, Jeff? Batman Begins box office was only $371.8 million. Okay, that's not, it's not terrible, but it's not great. And Jeff, it took people a little bit. It took people a couple of years to come around on Batman Begins. But you know what? Over time, people started appreciating it. Then when they see the trailer for The Dark Knight, they're like, oh, wow, you know what? Like, maybe these guys are onto something here. So again, you have to be the adult in the room who says, you know what? People might not get it at first. But if we stick to this vision, we let it play out, it's going to result in something amazing, which The Dark Knight did. And, and so that's why I say, you know, like, just because it's Star Wars doesn't mean you can't start again with somebody's vision, but you have to be, you know, you can't be so short-sighted that you're just like, oh, okay, we're going to sacrifice everything. We're going to sacrifice the reputation of the series in a, in a, you know, foolhardy attempt to make $2 billion off of every single movie, which sorry, is just not possible. You just can't do it. You know, Mm. sometimes you got to like plant the seed and let it grow. Just let it grow. You know, I do want to just let, let the move milkers out there know our Star Wars Dark Empire series uh you know we still plan to go forward with that this was a good test run to do a virtual skywalk so jeff i don't know maybe our next episode will be dark empire episode two let's do it with our pal megan who we miss megan megan if you're listening we we miss you terribly and for all the listeners who want to participate yep go go read issue number two of of dark empire (laughs) this is jeff this is brett and we're just talking about star wars all the time on On the the skywalk. skywalk